the PlayStation 2 was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Mike, can you imagine a console that can't play a DVD? Can't all consoles play DVDs? That's what I thought. Like CDs, DVDs, this day, this day and age, especially Blu-rays. Uh, yeah, no, of I, I I can't imagine that in in the year two thousand. Like, let's go back even twenty years. Imagine a console that couldn't play a DVD. That that's just wild to think about. You must be really just behind just behind the times to think that you can put out a console in the two thousands that that can only play video games. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a weird move because it's why would a console why would a console be only for gaming? Wouldn't it just be a multimedia experience? Exactly. Like, like, like if, if you don't have a video game in your console and it doesn't work, that's just a step in the wrong direction. It's ass backwards if you ask me. If, if the only thing your console can do is play video games, what is this, the 70s? Like, come on, you got to come out with something a little bit more futuristic than that. I agree. I also don't like, I don't like consoles that have strange colors. That's one mm. thing that has really bothered me, Neil. Yeah, the 90s are done. The 90s yeah. are done. Yeah, the 90s are done. Mm. I like sleek, black, maybe a little bit of blue. You know, mm-hmm. if, we're, if, yep. we're, if we're getting creative, but uh, that's probably as much as I want. I especially like a console that you can lie flat and stand up straight, you know? Well, yeah, like, I g- think Give that's me some huge. options. Yeah. Yeah, give me some options here. Love to see the PS5 uh, where you can you can lie it flat and stand it straight. It's a bit chunkier for my taste, but... Uh, yeah, it's got that Kaiba looking shirt on, which is kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> I prefer my, my, my consoles to be, be relatively slim. Obviously, the PS2 had a lot of different versions of these, as we've said Many times in this uh, in this podcast before, but right. uh, mm-hmm. I, I I like the PS2 Slim. Yes, oh of course the PS2 Slim. That's a sexy console right there. It's, <laughs> it comes in silver. It looks beautiful. That mm. that that one I will allow multicolored consoles to come out for because that one did look amazing. It fits right on your shelf. It's nice and sleek. You can stand it upright. It practically disappears once you set it up underneath your TV. Silver is barely a color. Barely. It's like, I mean, it's yeah. Like a shade. <laughs> <laughs> it's practically gold. Mike, I want you to close your eyes for me. Are, are you closing your eyes? I am always okay. Pick, always, I've never opened my eyes for this podcast. <laughs> I want you to picture a controller that doesn't have dual analog control sticks and they're offset. Like, like, can you imagine playing a controller that doesn't have a proper dual analog uh, setup? I that like yeah. a little nub C stick. Like, how how can you possibly look yourself in the mirror knowing that you put a console out that doesn't have proper dual analog control? Well, I I, I don't know how you would how would that work, Neil? Because I have two hands. Mm-hmm. And I have two thumbs, right? And those thumbs naturally go to those two analog sticks, right? It makes complete sense. It's perfect for sports games. Mm-hmm. It's 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 pretty good on first person shooters. We've talked at length on this podcast that Nightfire on PlayStation Two is the pinnacle version of that game. I think it's the only way to play it. It's the only way to play Nightfire, hands down. Obviously, we've talked about that at length. You can go back and check out our Nightfire episode if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just the shape of consoles and the controllers is so crucial to the to the total design and the experience that you have when playing a video game. Do you remember the PS3s? It wasn't. It didn't actually come out, but I think it was like the controller that was supposed to come out. It was like a boomerang. Yeah, it would look like a boomerang. Yeah, that was yeah, that when, was ridiculous. That was when they went the full kind of Spider-Man uh, font everywhere too. And then, and then about a year later, they pretended like that didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. They're like, nope, nothing happened. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, that's a bit of the 2006-2008 era is a bit of a sure. dark era for Sony. Didn't do mm-hmm. a great job when we were putting out that uh, that console. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, you and I obviously bought that uh, bought PS3 day one. We were day one. Of course, we we lined up. We spent eight hundred dollars of our own money to play Resistance: Fall of Man. I remember mm-hmm. it specifically. We ditched school to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. And then we waited around for years before there was uh, Uncharted and classics like uh, Last of Us to end off the console. Of course, uh, we had like Heavy Rain and and the God of War games were were great too. It, it ended up being a very good console, obviously. But Mike, we're here to talk about the PlayStation Two, obviously, because this is the PlayStation Two was cool podcast. That's right. That's right. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. It's uh, uh, what what episode are we now? Forty. It's hard to believe 43? we're up to forty three. It's wild, Mike. Like how quickly has it gone by? We only have sixteen hundred games left to talk about. It's crazy. <laughs> wow, only sixteen hundred. It's crazy. Yeah, like I can't believe it. It just time just flies by, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 It really does. I, I I remember when the PS2 came out. You know, I remember that Christmas morning getting the PS2. I of course got the PS2 a little bit after you did. Uh, yep. You got it first, and um, mm-hmm. and I would go over to your house and we would play Nightfire on PS2. Yep. Uh, constantly. Yep, I got my PlayStation 2 with uh, with Spider-Man 2, coincidentally, both mm-hmm. uh, sequels. Yeah, great games. An- another episode uh, we've already put out, so check that mm-hmm. Spider-Man episode out where we talk about Spider-Man 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a great episode. But today, Mike, we're going to be talking about a few really special games, actually, in the PlayStation 2 library. But first, before we do that, I think it's time to take the fans back to our new favorite segment. It's time for the Mailbag! Mailbag! Ladies and gentlemen, write your reviews to us on any one of our social media platforms or, of course, on the podcast service of your choice, and we will read it on the show. Mike, I think you have a, a, a writer in for us today. Why don't you kick it off? Yeah, I have one from Reggie F., from Redmond, mm. Washington. Oh, oh, oh. Could, 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 no, I can't be. No, Is I don't it? know. I don't know who you're talking about. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. So he says, "Hey guys, love the podcast, especially that episode where you ragged on the GameCube. Uh, that was a good one. That was we a good one. That was that a good. One. That was a good side quest episode. I like that one. <laughs> that console sucks. Rectangular consoles only for me. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, you are right, Reggie. Dude. Um, yeah. Question for you: Since you've already covered so many high quality games for the PS2, what will you be doing next? Maybe moving on to a new, even better console? Mm. Uh, wow, well... He, he could be referencing the PlayStation 3 there, I'm assuming. That's the natural progression for our show. That's the natural progression, but Neil, I, th- I think it might be time to actually make our big announcement. What do you think? Yeah, 100%, Mike. Let, let the fans know what they can expect for uh, once we're done this podcast. Again, we have 1,600 games left, but in five years, uh, let them know what console we're covering. Well, in five years, Neil, we will be covering... The Gizmondo. (laughs) It's about time, baby. It's about time. Gizmondo was cool coming to a podcast service near you in 2026. Uh, The library is just too good not to talk about. It's vast. It's vast, Mike. There's there's dozen games on that console that we cannot wait to talk about. So many hits. I really can't see this being that surprising at all. The no. Gizmondo, after all, was in every home in America and is mm-hmm. potentially the most universally loved non-mob affiliated company ever. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's got the least amount of uh, issues. Like if you look them up on Wikipedia, they've got the least amount of just uh, conspiracies and uh, no controversies. No controversies at all with that company. So it's a very clean no legal issues. It'll, it'll be a very clean uh, series that we're going to cover. The Gizmondo, of course, uh, our favorite console between the two of us. That was the second console that I think we uh, bonded over as kids after the PlayStation 2. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Somehow superior to the PSP. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the Universal Media Disc, not an ideal format to put games and movies on. 
no, 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 mm-hmm. no. I have a letter here that came in actually just the other day. It was a bit of a random occurrence. A brick came through my window the other day. And oh, uh, well, luckily nice. the window was open. The window was open, so there was no damage done. <laughs> luckily, well, good, good aim by them. Yes, yes, I'm happy that they came by on the day that my window was open. Now that it's March, every Canadian opens their window as soon as it hits three degrees outside. <laughs> Fact, <laughs> it's, a, it's it's damn true. But all the note says is just, "Where is Hogwarts Legacy? Can you call anyone? I want it now." I have no oh. idea what this means, but okay. I think Hogwarts Legacy was delayed, and uh, someone want, really wants me to put it out. So I have no control over that. Hogwarts Legacy, we're not developing it. We just run a semi-successful PlayStation 2 podcast. Yeah, that's really all we do here, and eventually a successful Gizmondo podcast. Mm-hmm. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 43 of the PlayStation Was Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are arguably the 10th best PlayStation 2 podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all eight 1,850 North American PlayStation 2 games a bunch at a time, because there's a lot of them. Can you imagine a console that has less than 600 games, Mike? That's unimaginable. Yeah, I don't think I could. How, how do you even, how do you get by? With you have to really than... not be trying to, to put out less than 600 games on a console, you know? <laughs> honestly, honestly, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah. It's baffling, baffling. Baffling. If, if you'd like to support the show or independent podcasts, take a look on patreon.com to support them. Just don't give a dollar a month to the GameCube is cool. Supporters at the $5 or above level get their names read in the credits and an option to submit an opening topic on the show. That's dumb. Last week, we covered Final <laughs> Fantasy X and X-2 with friends of the show Zaffir and Jake. We basically just let them talk for an hour while Mike and I played games on our Vita. This week, we're covering Shadow of the Colossus, Ratchet and & Clank, and the greatest video game experience ever, FIFA 14. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mike, starting off the episode today, though, I think we should probably start with Ratchet & Clank, a 3D platformer, the PlayStation's greatest 3D platformer probably ever put out, uh, which was released on November 4th, 2002, developed by Insomniac, published by Sony Computer Entertainment. It's on the PlayStation 2 only. It was later ported to the PlayStation 3 and, of course, the Vita. Uh, it rates in the... Oh, love the Vita. Uh, it rates in the nines out of uh, eights to nines out of ten. And today, if you wanted to pick it up, it's around twenty five dollars. Yeah, I mean, so we did talk a little bit about Spyro uh, earlier on in uh, yes. in the uh, in our episodes way back then, but um, because this is kind of where it started with after Spyro, mm-hmm. Insomniac wanted to try something else. Uh, they they sold off licenses to yep. Universal, I believe, and went with this Ratchet and Clank kind of style, which at first, I remember when I first saw it, I thought Banjo-Kazooie, which is, mm. you know, uh, on the N64. Which and, is, ugh. Ugh, no, no, we, you know me, Mike. I hate the N64. It's it's absolutely... Uh, I know. I'm, I'm not too... I'm okay with it. I know you really do not like I, it. Though. I do not like it. I, I've spoken many a time that I don't like it, so mm-hmm. I I did not play Banjo-Kazooie. I can't touch it. This, this game actually reminded me more of Crash Bandicoot, a beloved PlayStation 1 franchise mm, that yes. I adore. Yes. Yeah, but this one kind of brought a little bit of a new uh, gameplay element to uh, what I was used to with Crash Bandicoot, where it brought uh, weapons into the game, and it almost felt more like a 3D shooter, uh, almost compared to a more modern game like Gears of War, where the player is given lots of very cartoony-style weapons. Um, There's actually 36 weapons in the original game. You start off with the Bomb Glove and the Omni Wrench 8000, but eventually you get really quirky weapons. You almost feel like Marvin the Martian with shrink rays and, and goofy guns that... In later in later series, you know, turn people into sheep and you know, make make people dance and things. It's very it's very uh, comedic. I love it. Yeah, the customization of the weapons was something I'd never really seen before, or honestly since, mm-hmm. in the same way that they did it. 
it, it was such a it almost reminds me a little bit of like the worm series mm. in terms of customization of weapons and just the um the the zany weapon names and and what yes. you can have it, it mm-hmm. really had that perfect mix of like futuristic shooters with almost kid friendly is that the word yeah, but, yeah. That i'm looking for but it, it was kid friendly to a point but then like you said the interesting names of the weapons was was very cute but then the, there were sequels of in this series we're not going to talk today we're just talking about the first game but later on they started to come out with sequels to ratchet and clank like going commando and up your arsenal which were very <laughs> i love f- they're all sexual innuendos yeah basically. <laughs> yeah i love it like a crack in time on ps3 is one of my favorite playstation 3 games uh, the original series, though, did very well on the PlayStation 2. The original mm-hmm. game sold 3.7 million. The, the sequel, which we'll talk about later, sold 2.9 million units. And then a third game came out, and it sold 3.2 million units. So all in all, on the PlayStation 2, it sold close to 9 million units, which is pretty good. Yeah. Oh, really good. Mm-hmm. It's a franchise that we will obviously be going back to in later episodes, but yeah, no, just uh, what are your memories, I guess, of, of Ratchet and Clank, Neil? Yeah, I didn't play Ratchet and Clank back in the day. I was very much into the licensed games on the PlayStation 2, like we talked about up front. And everybody yep. knows I, we love the SpongeBob games on PlayStation 2, Spider-Man, yep. James Bond. So I missed out on a lot of the first party experiences until I was in college, really, getting back into video games. And I bought Ratchet and Clank uh, for the PlayStation 2 and, and loved it. I really adore the characters. Uh, Ratchet and Clank have a very interesting dynamic where they're not just buddies. You know, like I... I don't really appreciate when every video game, the two main characters are best friends or even worse, brothers. Like, it's it's stupid. <laughs> Who would do family? that? Family? I don't need family in a video game. No, no. Like, keep your family at home. I want I want to see a character, a Lombax and a robot fighting crime or fighting different planets and aliens. What is a Lombax also? It's a fictional character. There, there's okay. no actual... I'm not sure if they were real. It's not a bandicoot, which is which was different at the time. We had Sly Cooper, which who was a raccoon. We yep. had Sonic, who was like a hedgehog. Uh, and then we had, uh, who am I missing now? Banjo, uh, of course, in the N64, was like a bear kind of dog, stupid. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Lombax was a, a fictional character made up for this this weird world, and Clank was just a little robot. Uh, yeah. and, and they kind of hated each other, really, which was an interesting dynamic where they, they had to get along to sort of save the universe, basically, uh, from the evil chairman Dr. Drek, who was uh, an interesting, basically character from a fictional race called the Blarg race. He basically was planning to create a new planet for his species and in turn destroying other planets in the process. So kind of like a Star Wars-y, Star Trek kind of plot. And then of course, Captain Cork, who is sort of like this Buzz Lightyear, fake superhero kind of guy who's really a bumbling idiot. He he always reminds me of Zap Brannigan from uh, Futurama. Yes, a little bit like that. He's very over-the-top, superhero-y, uh, yeah. very much like the Golden Age of Captain America-style comics, which was really entertaining. I found the game to be actually somewhat challenging, which was a nice change-up. Uh, 3D platformers in the PlayStation 2 and N64 era I, I felt were somewhat simple, and camera controls were difficult. This game really improved on camera controls, I thought, and just graphics in general. Uh, everything's very bright and colorful. Texture pop-in wasn't too bad. The cutscenes were good. Mm-hmm. And the final boss fight, I remember my memory of that game. The final boss fight took me weeks to beat. And I was like an adult. I didn't know <laughs> what to do. Like, uh, it's just hard. It's several different iterations of, like, the boss you have to beat. I won't spoil too much of it. But I just remember, yeah. like, wondering, what do I have to do? Like, I need to level up my weapons. And I need to have maximum ammo and maximum health. I eventually did it. but And I played it again when it came out on the PlayStation 3 collection. But yeah, that's kind of my memory going back to Ratchet and Clank. I've played most of the games in the franchise since then. I, I've played the main games, really. As, um, there's a lot of spinoffs in this franchise as well. Yeah, I, uh, one one other name that I just remembered was a Full Frontal Assault too. That was one yes. of my that was one of my favorite titles. Uh, yeah, I I never got too into Ratchet and Clank. 
I kind of know Ratchet and Clank more through our friend of the show Dan. Yes, who's come on before, and and he loves Ratchet and Clank. is is probably the biggest Ratchet and Clank fan that I know. Mm-hmm. He he's always given them a lot of support through their ups and downs. Um, yeah. Obviously, they've kind of been out of it since uh, oh, 2012 or something no, until the, no, uh, the newest one. Coming yes. Out. Well, there was 2015 or I think oh, it was with the movie. Yeah. There was a movie and then there was a PlayStation 4 reboot of the first right. game where they remade the basically the first game again on PlayStation 4, which I played and it's very good. Uh, it's a very good remake. And now they're coming out with Ratchet and Clank. It's unfortunately not a good sexual in- innuendo. I was a little sad about that. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is the name of the new one, which... It looks beautiful, like a lot of uh, just jumping between dimensions, which is very popular right now with different cartoons and movies like Guardians of the Galaxy. kind of reminded me of that. It uh, looks like it'll be pretty fun on PlayStation 5, but we have a long way to go before we cover the PlayStation 5 library. Yeah, <laughs> please. Yeah. We got Gizmondo first. Oh, yeah. Then we'll, we'll jump to PlayStation 5 later. Mike, before we move on to the next game, I think it's time we read the back of the case. What do you think? Let's do it. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. It's time to rip the galaxy a new one. With over 36 weapons and gadgets to choose from, it's no wonder Ratchet and Clank have itchy trigger fingers. It's simple. Lots of enemies to shoot, lots of fun weapons and gadgets. And you get to blow stuff up. Burn, bomb, blast, or obliterate your enemies. Oh yeah, go ahead. Blow it up. Blow it all up. Because it ain't the size of your weapons that count. It's how many you have. And better yet, how you use them. <laughs> very good. Very clever. That's good. Very I cheeky. Like that. <laughs> I do like that a lot. Very good. Okay, Mike, so I think it's time that we moved on to the second game of the day, Shadow of the Colossus, which was released on October 18th, 2005. This game was developed by Japan Studios, later on titled Team Eco, uh, published by Sony Computer Entertainment. It's also re-released on PlayStation 3 and then remastered for the PlayStation 4. This game rates consistently around 9 out of 10. It's priced today around $25 if you wanted to pick up the PlayStation 2 version. I absolutely adore Shadow of the Colossus. I've played it on PlayStation 2. I think once I played it on PlayStation 3 twice, and then I'm playing the PlayStation 4 version for the third time right now just to get ready for this show. So needless to say, I've played this game a bunch of times. Luckily, it's a pretty short experience, but what you get out of that five to six hours of playtime is one of the best video games of all time. I've lent this game to you. That was, I think, the only time that you've ever played it. So what's your uh, opinion on Shadow of the Colossus? Are you as big a fan on it as me? Because this is in my top 10 favorite games of all time. Yeah, I mean, so when uh, I remember when you lent me the game, I mm-hmm. I think I expressed interest. I was like, oh, this looks fun. I, I never played Shadow of the Colossus, despite owning a PS2. I don't know right. how that happens. I, so I had to rectify that, obviously. And you were nice enough to lend me your copy that you had at the time. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, when I first started playing it, it was just such an expansive universe, but with nothing in it. Right. Um, which was really cool because I think this was 2018 and Breath of the Wild had come out the year before, mm-hmm. which was a, a similar style of, you know, like uh, the towns have been destroyed. It's kind of abandoned and it's just this free roaming world to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And it was strange because I remember running off into the distance and I, know, I guess I was at a dead end or just an area where there was no boss. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess there's just nothing here. <laughs> okay, let's just move on. And that was that was actually really cool. I think some people will probably be miffed of yeah. of a Shadow of the Colossus. It's definitely not for everyone, but for someone like me, I really liked 
to kind of almost imagine and say, well, what was here before? Like Exactly. Know? That's half the fun of the game is trying to figure out what's going on because yeah. the story, it doesn't beat you over the head with narrative. That's what oh, I like about it, the it game. It barely gives you any narrative <laughs> other than that first really cut scene. Right. Where it's, um, what is it, your sister or something? I don't know. Yeah, you're not really supposed to know exactly what's going on. You take this princess or a girl. I think it's supposed to be your love interest. There's a lot of theories that it's your sister uh, or just someone who, you know, like a sort of like a Zelda and Link yeah, relationship. Yeah. Uh, you take her to this temple. Uh, you let her rest on this stone table. And then this sort of godlike voice tells you that you have to go out and slay these colossus around the land in order to bring her back, which is a very basic video game trope. Um, yeah. But just the way that it's executed is very unique in that the world is, like you said, completely empty. There's no enemies except for these 16 giant colossus that you have to take down one by one and slowly free the soul of your girlfriend or sister who's in this temple. What a ballsy move, eh? To like, mm. imagine yeah. coming to, um, you know, <laughs> PlayStation to Sony. Yeah. yeah, to Sony and being like, hey guys, so we have an idea for a game. <laughs> there's going to be no enemies. <laughs> well, there's going to be some, but just bosses. Right. Okay, so how, what happens on the way to those bosses? Oh, it's just empty. Empty fields, empty big areas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Expansive areas that you're riding on this clunky horse for a few minutes to get to the boss. Yeah, thank you for saying clunky horse. That's right. <laughs> That's the name of our band. <laughs> yeah, and it is it is considered like a very much a cult classic now, and it gets remake after remake. But on PlayStation 2, it didn't sell particularly well. No. I mean, like you said, we missed this game on the PlayStation 2 back in the day. It only sold 1.1 basically million units on the PlayStation 2 on a console that has 155 million units, meaning that it has less than a 1% attach rate on the hardware, which is crazy to think that it slowly became this phenomenon of a video game experience. I think that just it's the empty parts in between each boss that make it feel just so much more rewarding when you finally get to a Colossus and you just see this this massive beast that you have to figure out how to kill it. And and sometimes they're even small. They're not always huge, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But you, you just sort of wonder, like, how the heck am I going to defeat this thing? And it, each boss has the same uh, the same way to kill them. They each have a weak point, and you have to find that weak point and stab it over and over again until they die. And you just keep doing that over and over again, and it's a ton of fun. Uh, it's The PlayStation 4 version is definitely the best way to play it. The PlayStation 2 version has countless issues that they've managed to fix uh, over the last... Mm-hmm. 16 17 years now yeah the i think this is a really great example of a game remade and remastered right uh because Mm -hmm. i think if they had botched the the first remake i know there's the ps3 remake right and then there's the ps4 one um obviously the ps4 one being the 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 preferred way to play if they had really botched the ps3 one and gone in um in a very different style or something and kind of tried to remake the game in, in a in a way that wasn't faithful to the original. We probably would never have anything else. Like no one would ever be talking about Shadow of the Colossus again. It would be a completely dead franchise. It would be a hidden gem on the PlayStation Two now if they didn't get around to fixing what was wrong with the original game. Which, I mean, frame rate issues aside, that was just a limit that the PlayStation Two had because some of these these monsters were massive and mm-hmm. it was trying to render fur and skin and giant limbs all moving at the same time uh, pairing that with the awkward control scheme that the original playstation 2 version had which they fixed thank god on the playstation 4 version i think on the playstation 2 version it's been a while since i played it but triangle is jump which is the top <laughs> button on the face buttons in case you don't are not familiar with the playstation 2 controller which in every other video game it's x which is the bottom button which makes sense which they they did add modern controls to the Shadow of the Colossus 2018 version. Thank God for that. Yeah, not not a good look to have 
the triangle as the jump button. But no. um, this this uh, going back to like the remaking um, mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of the classic neo noir video game thirteen uh, that we covered a couple episodes back. Yeah. Um, for the PlayStation Two, of course. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the other versions suck, uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> yeah. It was very similar in terms of the way that it was called a cult classic. Not a lot of people bought it um, when it first came out for the PS2, but uh, it definitely mm-hmm. needed a remake, and it just took a while to get one. They finally got one last year, uh, mm-hmm. and it was terrible, and it was right. absolutely awful, and it, it went against you know everything that made the game great in the first place, mm-hmm. which is you know that, that's we're basically looking at that's what could have happened to Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, I don't think that any of the uh, the improvements that they made in the 2018 Shadow of the Colossus were seen as worse than the original version. I don't think really anything was hindered by remaking the game. Uh, everything was, control-wise, everything was improved. And then mm-hmm. the the music, which is just phenomenal oh, soundtrack, yeah. is great in the original version too, but they managed to not lose that as well, which it's, you know, they, they still have the licensing to the music, so they're not going to lose that, obviously, but I think they managed to really pop the music a little bit more in, in this version, and it's very quiet when you're traveling between Colossus, yeah. and it's it's somewhat empty and boring. You only really hear the horse trotting, and you have to kind of just enjoy the surroundings if you can, but then when you finally do get to a boss fight, the music picks up, it swells, and it gets very cinematic and intense and it's i love listening to the soundtrack when i'm just sitting at home studying or reading or something yeah playing this for the ps2 this week to kind of get ready for the mm-hmm. podcast uh i realized that it definitely was you know had grander uh, aspirations yes uh, and clearly was meant for for many years later uh to to be on a console that can really take those graphics and make those treks between colossus is really beautiful mm-hmm. which it does obviously for the ps4 it definitely does. The The team that re- remade the game, Bluepoint, is an independent studio from Austin, Texas. They've also made other collections on uh, Sony hardware, like the God of War collection on PlayStation 3, the Uncharted collection on PlayStation 4, and they've also remade Demon Souls now on PlayStation 5. I was about to 5. ask, are they the Demon Souls people? They okay. are. Yeah, they remade Demon Souls on PlayStation 5, which I know you are really looking forward to playing, Mike. Uh, I, I can't believe that Sony has not bought Bluepoint yet. It's yeah, just, that, that feels like it's coming soon. <laughs> it must be. I mean, we didn't talk about this when we talked about Ratchet and Clank, but they Sony uh, purchased Insomniac when they started making Spider-Man on PlayStation 4 and now 5. So I think it just makes sense to acquire Bluepoint. I don't know why they don't, but it seems like a huge miss right now. One day, one day. One day, we will see. Shadow of the Colossus was announced in 2009 to be made into a movie. That has not happened yet. It's in production hell ever since. I doubt no. we're ever going to see a PlayStation, or <laughs> sorry, I doubt we're ever going to see a movie based on this game. I don't think it needs it. I think that this being an interactive experience makes it all the more fun to experience, to, to enjoy, basically. Yeah, uh, 100% agreed. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike, I think before we move on to our next game on our uh, list here, I think we should read the back of the case for Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, cool. Some mountains are scaled, others are slain. Experience an unforgettable journey into a land forgotten by time, a seamless world filled with miles of majestic terrain, a story of companionship and undying love, and mythical giants to discover, unearth, and destroy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. I like that yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, I love the back of this case. It looks so cool. Very Lord of the Rings-esque. And I forgot to say my favorite Colossus is, of course, the third one where you fight this guy with a giant sword that he kind of swings down yeah. into the ground and you have to run up him on the sword. I have a. I went to Fan Expo six years ago in Toronto uh, and uh, I bought this sort of 9 by 11 drawing of that Colossus and uh, uh, the Wander and his horse are fighting it and you can just see the blue eyes in the Colossus. It's beautiful. I love that Colossus I've seen so it. Much. It's sick. Yeah, yeah it's a, that's a good one. 
Okay, time to move on to the third game for today's episode. Mike, this is the pinnacle of PlayStation 2 gaming right now. We're talking about FIFA 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, FIFA 14, famous because it is the last game released in North America right. for the PS2. It was developed by EA Canada, uh, Love Canadian EA, uh, mm-hmm. published by EA Sports, and this is the best version to play, obviously, PlayStation 2. We love everything on the PlayStation 2. But you can also, if you decide to, play it on Android, iOS, Windows, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PSP, PS Vita, Wii, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. So many consoles to play this fantastic version of this game on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, uh, a little fun fact, FIFA 2005 mm-hmm. was the last game on the PS1 as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, always good to see FIFA ending off consoles strong. Uh, and and with FIFA 14, Neil, since it was, as we mm-hmm. said, the last game for the PS2, I want to tell you some other last games for consoles that we have here. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Are there any good ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're about to find out. Oh, no. Um, okay. For the Atari 5200, we have Gremlins. Oh, okay. Which is kind of fun. It's not... That's not bad. Yeah. yeah okay. Movie tie-in. Tw- All right. For the 2600, we have Secret Quest. I don't know what that is. No one does. It's secret. <laughs> for the Game & Watch... Uh, 1991, we have Mario the Juggler. What is that, Neil? What the hell is that? <laughs> I can't imagine. The Game & Watch wasn't really like a... That was more of a line of toys, so that would have just been the last Game & Watch to be released because you didn't switch out cartridges. They just put out games on yeah. different pieces of hardware. <laughs> Mario Juggle. Is, is that like the juggling in like the Game & Watch? Like, is that what he does? You know, is that... Well, that, that's one of the original Game & Watch games is Ball, oh. which I think is kind of like a juggling game. So maybe this one is, instead of playing as Mr. Game & Watch, you're Play playing Mario. as Mario. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe Mario's just trying to juggle his life responsibilities. You know, now that it's 1991, <laughs> he's got four games. He's got babies. He's got Peach as a wife. He's got just all these different... He's, he's a painter. He's a plumber. He's just trying to juggle life, you know? That's You know what? That's what it is, Neil. That's 100% what it is. It's got to be it. It's got to be It's a it. life juggling simulator. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want to I don't want to play that. For the NES uh in 1994, actually, which is crazy, uh we have Wario's Woods. Oh god, yeah, the puzzle game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a not fun to play. I not not a, not even close to like Wario Land or Wario World or any of those games. For the Atari Lynx, that's right, the Lynx, uh, we have mm. Super Asteroids and Missile Command. I love Asteroids. Me too. Me too. I probably would have played that. <laughs> <laughs> for Sega, for the Sega 32X, uh, we have uh, Spider-Man Web of Fire. What? <laughs> that's when Spider-Man uh, contracts a sexually transmitted <laughs> disease and it affects his webbing. <laughs> uh, uh, for the uh, for the SNES, uh, we have Frogger, released in 1998. For uh, the Genesis, we also have Frogger. Frogger just uh, what <laughs> making What's sure he, doing? Was, he was the last game. Frogger was Frogger made a little bit of a comeback there in the 90s with the Seinfeld episode, of course, the Frogger machine, where George and Jerry are trying to steal the Frogger machine from their pizza shop. Yeah, so they they tried to go hard on that, and they're like, oh, people know this now. Let's go back. We gotta ride that second wave of Frogger. Last ones here. We have the Dreamcast with NHL 2K2. Uh, okay. We have Tony Hawk's Pro Skater for the 64. Uh, I know. Again, you hate 64, so that's gonna really hurt. Can't stand it. Who would play Tony Hawk Pro Skater on N64? On a Nintendo console. Let's just say that. Actually, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. But at the N64, especially, it's true. And then my favorite. For the Nokia Engage, uh, somehow it is Civilization, released on March 2nd, 2006. How do you play Civilization on anything that isn't a PC? <laughs> right? How do you play that on a tiny phone? What? That's like, 
I can't even describe what that's like. Yeah, that's a that's a new one for sure. I'm d- I'm done with this. Yeah, I can't. Me too. I can't. Mm. Uh, the fact that there was a PS2 game in 2014 is pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. That just shows how lasting the PS2 was, right? Coming out in 2000 and having yeah. its final game in 2014. That's uh, that's really impressive. I know we uh, we fans are probably saying, oh, well, Just Dance 2020 is on the Wii. <laughs> well, uh, Just Dance is barely a game. Sorry. Yeah, it's more of a, a demo. Yeah. It's more of a demo disc <laughs> than anything else. It's more of a soundtrack, shall we say. Doesn't count at all. But one of my favorite things, too, is that FIFA 14... Uh, you can't even buy that in the states. Uh, so no, yeah, I was trying that... to. <laughs> I was trying to find a copy uh, on eBay just to see like pricing, and it was all in other languages like French and Italian, and the price ranges were wild. Like it was between thirty dollars and two hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> depending on the condition you're looking at, and none of them were in English. So I don't know really what what to tell you. If you have an American PlayStation Two, you're gonna have to play a version of the game that's not in in your language. But hey, yep, uh, the, because in Mexico, that's where they were still being sold. FIFA 14 in Mexico. So, mm. despite okay. being developed by EA Canada, you could not buy it in Canada. So, uh, <laughs> wild. That's too bad. Jeez. Because FIFA 14 is a legacy edition, technically. Mm-hmm. So, it's basically the same engine as FIFA 10 or FIFA 09, <laughs> I think. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> but just with updated rosters. Right. It still had a lot of these glitches that they, they kept in, <laughs> which is something called a uh, realistic uh, goalkeeper mistakes. Mm. It was something that FIFA tried out in the late 2000s. We talked with a friend of the show, Marty Thompson, uh, about FIFA games way back on our episode three. Right. Uh, and he obviously had a lot of interesting things to say about probably the best era of those games, which was um, kind of the 06, right. 03 to 06 era. Yes. But uh, he didn't get a chance to talk about this, which I'm sure he will love to hear when he listens to this episode. Uh, <laughs> the fact that FIFA experimented with this thing called goalkeeper mistakes where the ball would go between the legs of goalkeeper on rare occasions and you would see the replay and the goalie could clearly just save it if they wanted to. But FIFA wanted to be a little more realistic with everything. So they put in these uh, mistakes in quotes. I, I don't like that, the random misses. Like It feels like it's one of the reasons why I don't like turn-based strategy games, where it kind of is yeah. that now. It's a, it's like, oh, you, you swung your sword. You missed. Yeah. It's like, I pressed I pressed A to attack. You must attack now. I think it's just probably a glitch that they couldn't fix, so they just kept it in as a realistic yeah. mistake, which I get that people make mistakes, but that's not fun. No, that is not a fun one. Yeah, That's brutal. Oh, geez. Well, FIFA 14, we do love you. Unfortunately, you did not release in Canada, but I did find a North American back of the case that I could read. Mike, do you think I should read that now? Yes, I think you should. All right, cool. We are FIFA 14, the most authentic football video game on the PlayStation 2. You see, they said football, not soccer. Ooh. Mm, It's wrong. Compete in eight (laughs) different game modes, including tournament mode, historical challenges, be a pro, and more. Very good. Uh, yep that's it i'm not going to read the bullet points there's too many no that's enough of that (laughs) well mike this was a fun episode of the playstation 2 was cool podcast what what games obviously we have to do our review of the episode here what games from this library would you say would you recommend uh, folks pick up oh that's a good question neil well i mean they're all good but uh they're they're all equal quality (laughs) if you ask me i feel i feel a shadow of the colossus would be maybe my pick just because Mm -hmm. but for the ps4 i would say because uh, that yeah. game is just amazing to play on the PS4. Ratchet and Clank, of course, is really fun and just a a, a good old fashioned fun time overall to play. Uh, even on the PS2, I think that game is very playable still today. Uh, yeah. That or Going Commando, uh, both games are really fantastic for the PS2. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, FIFA 14, uh, if you want to pay $250 and get a really nice <laughs> copy of FIFA 14, I think you should. <laughs> if it's if it's up there, I think you should just buy it now. I think you Absolutely. should buy it now. 100%. I would have to agree that Shadow of the Colossus on PlayStation 4 is definitely the definitive way to play it. Uh, Ratchet & Clank on PS2 is a fun pickup if you can find it. It's very affordable and fun to play if you have young kids. And if you're just looking for something a little bit different than a traditional 3D game like Mario. Yes, I agreed. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect next week on episode 44 of the PlayStation 2 Was Cool podcast? On episode 44 of the PlayStation 2 Was Cool podcast, it will be all about Crazy Frog Racer 2. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the 2. The premier kart racer for the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't have our own kart racer game on the PlayStation 2, but thank God Frogger jumped in to, no pun intended, to uh, to fill the shoes of a, of a missing kart racing not, game. Not Frogger, Neil. Crazy Frog. Oh, Crazy Frog. Sorry, I thought you said Frogger. No, no. Uh, s- somehow, yeah. The I- band? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The the uh, viral music video of 2002, three, uh, somehow right. got not one, but two kart racer games on the PS2. Wow. I, I, I can't I can't believe that what I'm hearing. Yeah, see, the fact that you had a, just a normal reaction at first, I was like, oh, he didn't hear it right. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Just the fact I heard frog, and I was like, oh, frogger, that makes sense. I forgot crazy frog was a thing in the 2000s. <laughs> Enough to get two racing games. <laughs> <laughs> they could have just made that one decent racing game. And we're only covering that one game next week, right? Because it's so big that we just need one episode to cover it. Well, again, because it is the premier kart racer for the system, 10 mm-hmm. out of 10 on basically every review or like aggregate that you'll ever see metacritic a rare 100 out of 100 on metacritic wow it's crazy did uh did playboy cover it did they review it? yes five out of five obviously oh of course great yeah can't wait to hear that but ladies and gentlemen until then this was episode 43 of the playstation 2 was cool podcast new episodes every thursday on all the podcast services if you want to support the show you can find us on patreon just don't support the gamecube was cool podcast thank you to our march pay I don't know. Thanks to our March patrons, Jem McKay and Jedi Geek Girl. Share us with your friends, family, and don't forget to listen to our show on the PSP. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. PlayStation. PlayStation. PlayStation 2, because handles are for luggage. You want a console where all the sides are the same length? There's a name for that. Communism. Time to find out what this hot coffee controversy is all about.